0: Everybody, how's it hanging how's it happen you guys know what it is this is kevin from the Kool progression podcast hey guys it is tuesday it's the 22nd of march my god this year is just flying by right now must be all the you know hits i've been taking to the head from these live shows that i'm absolutely loving going to and now this podcast oh, oh, oh wow this one turned into something that was fantastic but before we go into that i want to thank our sponsors first phoenix fitness i mean you guys in, in in march i'm going to at least eight live shows and i'm thrown down for every live show that i possibly can so we're gonna make sure i can continue to do that i gotta hit the gym you know i gotta make sure my cardio is at the absolute best that it can be and still improving to make sure i don't jump out of the pit and i gotta make sure i'm strong enough too in the legs core upper body so that i can actually you know take some of those hits live some of those hits and have fun and also have all the energy to do all this stuff anyway so i always go to the gym i'm always doing stuff. And it is important, but it's also important to prepare right, recover right, all that stuff. With different supplements, you know, with proper nutrition, everything. Nutrition is very important, but supplements do help out that as well. And that's where Phoenix Fitness comes in. They have different supplements and other products to help you achieve your fitness goals, preparation, recovery style as well. They have different pre-workouts, both stimulant and stim-free stuff to get you going. I use the stim-free stuff because I got way too much energy as it is. If I took the stuff that had, like, you know, all the caffeine going on there, you'd see my hands shaking like crazy, and I don't really want that. They also have different B-stablet recovery compounds that help you absorb all the nutrients you could possibly need directly after your workout. Different creatines to help build muscle. Different protein buns, AM, PM directly after workout to help build the muscle. Yeah, Different multivitamins. Anything you might need to achieve your fitness goals, Phoenix Fitness has through. So our listeners get 15% off using the code MSOTD at, checkout at FNXFIT.com. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness. Link in the description of the podcast. Our second sponsor is Custom Debuts. And, I mean, I got all these cool posters up on the wall, even though you can't see them right now. I'm looking at one that is the band that tried the band. they tried to the ban is back, and it's Ice Nine Kills. Or a giant rise against one from Riot Fest and a signed Ronnie Radke one, and a signed rise against one I got from the Raven Milwaukee. Oh, yeah. But if I wanted my own crazy poster from something in music that I just wanted, why not give it a shot? So let's use the new Belmont album called Aftermath. What if I wanted a poster up that or a poster that related to a song off of that, like their country girl song, even though it's not for me, but hey, it's a weird, wacky song. Let's go Bowser's Castle, because I, I like that song a little bit more. So what I can do is I can go to customdebuts.com and I can type in the name of the band, like let's say Belmont. And then I can also type in the album, which is Aftermath, or I can type in a song and let's use Bowser's Castle. And what they'll do is they will create a custom poster for me based off of that request. If it's the album, they might put the album artwork up there and like the song track listing in some cool way. If it's a song, they might put some kind of artwork together for it, or they might put like the lyrics in some kind of cool fashion as well. And when you're ready to go, it's like they'll send you a proof within 48 hours of what they're going to do. If you don't like it, you can tell them, Change it and they'll change it for you as much as possible until you're satisfied. You get that delivered on regular post paper as a canvas print or as an aluminum sign, so you'd be the coolest. Coolest person in the office, in the garage, in with your in their dorm room, you know, anywhere you're gonna put that poster. In your house, in the basement, wherever. Hey, your friend's gonna be like, oh my god, I want that poster. (laughs) It's custom, bitch. So our listeners get 10% off. using the code cpp 10 at checkout at Custom Abuse website. The link description of the podcast, along with the promo code as well. Thank Custom Abuse. Now under our feature presentation. So out of Miami, Florida, I have Jonathan from the band of the wasteland. What band is of the wasteland? What's their style? Well, they're kind of like take inspiration from Guns N' Roses and My Chemical Romance. And you're like, how does that work? And if you listen to the song Midnight Vampire, which has over a million and a half views on YouTube. Yeah, you'll see why. But this conversation turns into something incredible. Jonathan and I talk about their music. We talk about the inspiration behind it. But we also talk about the live show as well. Their philosophy behind the live show. Their philosophy behind writing music and understanding, you know, why some bands, you know, sometimes... Don't want to play some stuff that, you know, you would expect them to play. Why they want to play some of the newer stuff. And finding that perfect balance for live shows, for playing the old stuff, used the new stuff, and understanding the live show connection between the fans and the band and creating the most uh, positive experience possible at any given moment. Jonathan, this was a fantastic conversation with you, bud. Everyone listening, get ready for it. Let's go! Yeah. Whoa, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Core Progression Podcast. Thanks to our friends at Adam Splitter PR. They sent me this band. And they said there was like a mix of like inspiration from Guns N' Roses and MCR. And I'm like, how does that work? But now I'm really, really curious. I listened to their most single called Midnight Vampire. I was like, okay, we gotta talk to these guys about this. So coming to you from Miami, Florida, please welcome Jonathan from the band of the Wasteland. So, Jonathan, welcome to the Core Progression Podcast.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Happy to be here.
0: Happy to have you here, man. Especially as you know, you're know, you doing this right before you have to go to work. So I do want to thank you for that as well. Otherwise, how's everything going in your, in your life right now? How's everything going with the band right now? I mean, we're in you know March. You know, 2022 was already in full swing. So how's everything going so far?
1: Oh, man, everything's going really well. We have a lot planned for the coming months um, with our record label and our PR team. Um, a lot of great stuff coming out soon. Um, you know, it's all about patience, really. Keeping, keeping yourself healthy and keeping yourself strong and keeping going while you're, while you're doing your passions.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, if we've learned anything from the past two years, it's you got to keep those passions burn. you got to keep them just constantly running high because it can be taken away at any moment. And you gotta t- you got to take it for all it's worth. I mean, hell, I, this whole entire week that we're doing this, like I've been to four concerts in the past like six days. It's like I'm not stopping doing that stuff. Even I have to drive, you know, let's say 100 miles to a show on a Tuesday night, which I did the previous night when we did this because I'm
1: like, I want to see Bad Omens, damn it. Wow. <laughs> 100 miles? Jesus. That's. Uh, I think Florida is about uh, freaking nine hours to get across it. What's the comparable distance there?
0: So comparable distance for nine hours would be for me to – basically for me to drive from Milwaukee – to Minneapolis and then back.
1: Wow. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a good distance.
0: It's <laughs> It's a good distance, but I mean, for me, it's like, I'm not afraid to travel to shows. I mean, like last night I was at a show, like for the Bad Omen show, I was at, a, I saw it in Chicago. Otherwise, like two nights or three nights before that, I went up to Green Bay, which is, you know, 120 miles in the other direction because, hey, kill such a gauge, August Burns Red. I'm not missing out on that shit. It's like, let's go have fun, especially with the fact that we missed on live music for so much. I mean, you know what it was like, especially as an artist yourself, not being able to play live music, not being able to get out in front of the crowd. And then it's like, now that it's back, it's, you don't want to take it for granted at
1: all. Yeah, dude, that crushed me because for many years I was playing from the time I was 18 to, to, to the time COVID hit, I was playing live shows at least once a week, maybe twice a week, sometimes twice a day, you know, in some cases early on when we were first starting. So to not have it, to get it completely taken away from us, it is very challenging. You have to rechange change your whole life, reshape everything. That is
0: yeah, that's absolutely insane, but how are you playing two live shows in the same day
1: consistently when you were starting this out? <laughs> Dude, we had we were young and we had a lot of energy and uh, we had four guys, four to five guys all looking for shows every day. We're really trying to make a name for ourselves. <laughs> we're going from like one show from somebody's backyard, all driving to some other venue and then yeah, it's fun times.
0: Dude, that is absolutely nuts though, but that shows the dedication you have to your passion, shows the dedication you guys have to the music as well, to really make something like this work out for you guys. And I do have to absolutely commend you on that because that's the hard part that a lot of people, when it comes to the music industry and are starting bands, that's the hard part that gets glossed over, but that's the hard part you have to go through in order to understand that this is something you wanna do Mm -hmm. and to really go through that because every band has had to gone through that. And that's usually like a good vetting point for to understand for the artists and musicians is, is this really for you or is this something that you thought you want to do, but now it's just really not what you wanted to go for.
1: A hundred percent, man. I mean, we were slowly seeing all the bands we started with slowly drop off. Um, either they're, you know, most people just end up meeting different musicians and find out that they want to make new music with different people and that's okay. But, um, You know, I always had a vision of what I wanted, and I was fortunate enough to get people around me that were willing to stick around for a couple years, you know.
0: Understandable, too, but when I I come up with a style of, like, you know, inspiration between Guns N' Roses and My Chemical Romance, you're going to get some of that, like, you know, (laughs) sex, drugs, rock and roll style from the, you know, the 80s feel of Guns N' Roses with the powerful, you know, hair metal, power metal, that kind of stuff. But then you also go to or not power metal, but just like the powerful style, of the hair metal. But then you go to MCR, especially for people that are grew up, you know, in the early to mid 2000s, where when it came to music, especially more of that rock music sense from an emo side of things, we all really latched on to that. I mean, hell, that MCR tour that's been postponed for like two, two and a half years now. It's people are still begging and waiting and pleading for this thing to happen. And when it's finally going to happen, those shows are going to be, you know, they're playing arenas. They're playing arenas that are sold out. Like that's how big this is. That's how influential yeah. they were as a band.
1: Absolutely. I mean they they changed my life. I mean those two changed my life to be honest. Um, well, Guns N' Roses less so, but uh, my Chemical Romance absolutely. Uh, that was major for me. I mean I could get gush into it for hours, I'm sure. So I'll let you I'll let you ask. <laughs> We well, let's like uh, the, the points.
0: <laughs> well, let's not gush into it for hours because we easily could, but I know we don't have that time. <laughs> but let's gush into it a little bit. So, you're saying my camera wants to absolutely influence your life, potentially change your life at this point. Let's go a little bit into that. Like, what do you mean by that? And how powerful were they of an influence to you growing up?
1: Oh, man. All right. So, I saw their music videos when I was in middle school, and you know, the singles, Helena and I'm Not Okay, Ghost of You. So, I was a little late to the party. Um But I had a couple friends in high school who, um, we were all writing music together and were huge on lyrics, huge on lyrics. And we would just take every, every single song and every single word and break them apart. And why did they use that word here and why did they do this here and why did they do that? And of all the bands, my chemical romance was really shiny on top of that list for me for lyrical expression and metaphors and using, crazy lyrics. Like, um, one of my favorite ones is like, she drives at 90 past the Barbies and Ken's like dolls. It's like really cool. It's like really good lines and stuff that made me laugh stuff that made me excited. And, you know, when you're in a, in a dark place as a kid, as a lot of kids are, you're looking for something to make you just feel good and to have stuff that's like as, uh, as you know, guns and roses, as you say, that power to have, um, you know, to jump on stage and go crazy. Like my favorite guitarists were those two in uh, My Chemical Romance because they had such a dichotomy of one crazy guy who never played shreddy stuff, just a punk guy. And then you had the other Guns N' Roses Metallica guy. And that was like, to me, that was already what you're saying, which is how do you combine Guns N' Roses and My Chemical Romance? Well, that's what they did back then. You know, they combined some crazy stuff that nobody thought of combining. And it's something that you have to fight for for years, you know, because nobody's going to believe in it at first because they've never heard it. Oh,
0: absolutely. I mean, take a look at some of the bands that are absolutely hitting it, you know, super big right now in terms of just really gaining a lot of popularity. Look at like Eskimo Cowboy. Now they're called Electric Callboy As of the day we're recording this, it's just like that party kind of metal just having fun with it, not taking it seriously with songs like we got the moves and pump it. And all of a sudden, it's like they went from a band that was kind of popular in Europe to all of a sudden very popular in Europe. And now over in the U.S., they're gaining insane popularity. One of my favorite bands, Ice Nine Kills, another insane example of that because mixing so much horror and all the stuff around the horror movie genre and just kind of that passion behind it into metal yeah that's gonna be something that people are not gonna really you know latch on to all of a sudden the initial silver scream comes out and people just fully get behind it they come out with a sequel to which i believe for even my opinion is even better than the first one and now they're opening for freaking metallica in stadium shows not arena shows yeah like 70,000 arena or stadiums they're opening for them on yeah. that so it's and people, you know, weren't going to get behind them right away because it's something new. You're not used to it. But all of a sudden, as that that mixture just keeps growing, as that, you know, those influences that you have and you're bringing them together, as you hone in on that and create your own sound from it, what's going to happen is is you guys just have to keep believing in it. You guys have to keep working on your craft and that and keep just grinding it out because especially after listening to Midnight Vampire, people will come it's all a matter of getting them to notice it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's um, one of the biggest reasons why we um, partnered up with uh, Intercat Music and Apocalypse Records because I always knew that our music had the potential to be in an arena. Like that's where I, I like to write music so that it can fit anywhere and it can fit the biggest audience possible. And for me, that's Wembley Stadium, you know, that's massive for me. So that's where I want to end up. So I write music to fit that capacity. That's what I try to do at least. So I need partners um who are able to, you know, match that and who are up to the task of trying to propel us as far as we want to be propelled. And that's so far it's been Intercat, yeah. Great people.
0: I mean, that actually does make a lot of sense. And going into Midnight Vampire a little bit as well, listening to the sounds behind it. I was listening to it, you know, preparing for this podcast and also probably like two or three times before we even got on this call because I wanted to make sure, you know, it was in my head, especially after, you know, going crazy in a mosh for Bad Omens and Under Oath because, well, you know, a couple hits to the head sometimes, you know, some stuff gets pushed out of your brain. I just wanted to make sure that I didn't forget anything. And when listening to it, especially Midnight Vampire, you can take that sound and put it in many different areas. Uh, put it in Wembley Stadium. Okay, put it, let's say... Put it at like a uh Allegiant Stadium where you know Metallica and Ice Nine Kills just played. Put it at you know a major festival venue like Lower Than Life, Aftershock, Welcome to Rockville. Put it at you know a large indoor venue like the Armory in Minneapolis or the Aragon Bar in Chicago or the rave here in Milwaukee. Or put it at like a smaller venue, like smaller stages here in Milwaukee, and some of these smaller other clubs that are around there. Or put in like a vi- like a much smaller area. And I'll use X-Ray Arcade here in Milwaukee as the prime example of that as well. Listening to your sound, it can fit in every single one of those without hesitation, without fail. The energy is there. The passion is there. And the power to get people to be drawn into it and move to that
1: kind of music is there when you listen to it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. That's all I really want is the energy. It's gr- it's great that you keep mentioning the energy because that is uh, critical for me because um, you haven't obviously seen me play on stage, but it, I would be willing to break bones or throw ligaments or, you know, hurt myself, do whatever I have to do to make that performance to be incredible. If that means jumping off stage or doing whatever I have to do, it's it's all about that energy and seeing the people in the crowd light up. And, Cause they're there for you. They're there for the, I think of myself as like a medieval performer, you know, like the people go across town to see you and you have to, you have to do it, you know, you have to give it everything.
0: Yeah. And I mean, just kind of like given the size where you guys are right now, I'm assuming like all of a sudden, you know, if you guys ever came up to my neck of the woods, come up to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, you guys would play at a venue like X-Ray Arcade, which can hold maybe, you know, at the most, I'd say three, four hundred. And this is just right now. I'm talking, you know, in the future, you guys could get up to that upper level. But right now it's like I'm thinking about that kind of a stage because I was there recently at the beginning of March to see some a couple of pop punk bands. And the headliner was Belmont. And I love seeing Belmont because they're just fun as all hell to listen to. And just the way that the performance is, you know, you're, you're on a stage and the crowd is right in front of you. There's no barricades or anything. People will jump on the stage and they'll go crowd surfing. Or like, it. are like, everyone's having a blast. And if you're able to just take that passion that you have, take the energy you have and are willing to do anything to make that show the most memorable show possible, us in the crowd, whether it's people that are, you know, right up at the front of the stage going crazy with you guys, they're going to remember everything you're doing. People at the back are going to be watching this show because that's what they're there to do. But they're going, to be able to, they're going to see that energy from you. They're going to feed off of it. And then there's crazy guys like me who are just going to be in the pit in between both of those people and just going absolutely crazy. <laughs> but whenever we turn and get to see you and you guys are putting out that same kind of energy that we're going to be giving into the pit, now we've got this great exchange going forward. We have this positive exchange going yeah. forward of energy, of inspiration. And by the time the show is over, when we leave, we remember you guys. Even if even if the headliner doesn't like even if you know, we're over there for the headliner and maybe you know they underperform compared to you guys, we remember you. We remember the fans that really just go absolutely nuts, create the energy and create the most positive and insane fan experience at those shows.
1: I'm so glad we're on the same page, man, because that is that is what we're used to. All we are used to is for perspective, a lot of the stages down here they won't even give you a stage. It's just, you're playing right in front of the people. You're right there face to face and you have to be okay with, with that. And to me, that is one of the most exciting things because as you say, like you're there for the bands that give you energy. Well, it's the audience that gives me energy and gives us energy. So like you said, it's that back and forth and, you know, by the end of the show, like nobody can move their head, banging like crazy. But it was an, it was an incredible time. Um, that's awesome, man. But by the way, three to four hundred people is a lot of people to fit in a room. Just saying. Oh, <laughs> well, I still I'm, think that at least.
0: I know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm aware that, but it's like because usually when I end up going to shows, it's like there've been rooms I've been in where it's like there've been ten people in those rooms, and I'm like been in rooms that's like you know 100, 200, 400. been in rooms like thousand, and then probably the largest ever was right. Honestly, probably about forty thousand for a show, maybe. And I mean, it was it was fun, but it's like sometimes those smaller shows, like those are the ones even for me personally, I have the most fun with because the band's right in front of you. The band is right there, and everyone is there to support at least some band that's on that bill. And everyone that's there just wants to have fun. The bands want to give the best show possible because you guys are trying to grow. You guys are trying to get to that ultimate goal, especially you, where you're coming from. Get to that point where you guys are playing at Wembley. If you want to get there, you got to give it your all every step of the way. And if you give it your all on a stage like that, we're yeah. gonna give it our all. And even if I think about it, like through March, like through the, I've seen four shows in March. Honestly, I've had fun at every single one of them. But that one at that smaller stage when I saw Belmont, something clicks in there. I'm like that one. I still remember because of how much fun we had in the crowd during that show. And if you guys are able to go up on stage and do something and just create that kind of an energy, I mean, hell, I've seen, I've seen a lot bigger bands than them this year or in this, just in this month. But there's the one that's sticking out my head for some reason, but it's because of the energy. It's because of that passion. It's because of that vibe. And if you guys are able to provide that, then going forward, it's, people are going to remember your name. People are going to have that in their heads and people are going to be able to go forward. And, you know, all of a sudden you guys are coming back through town. They're going to be first in line to get in. They're going to be there the whole time. They're going to want to meet you. are going to buy as much merch as possible. They're just going to be there to support you as much as possible and enjoy it because they had such a positive experience seeing you live.
1: Oh yeah. I, dude, that's incredible that you say that, man. Um, like for example, the first time we, uh, when we got signed, Um, the show that we played was really like for us. And it was just another show. It was for, but for them, it was like they were signing a band already at that show. It was a signing party for another band on our label. And we said, you know what? We're we're going to kill it. We're going to shred it. We don't ounce of energy that we had. And you know, after that, we were in negotiations with getting signed, you know, like out of all the people, it's like you people don't believe in themselves enough, you know, they they don't believe that they can be the ones to do the thing that needs to get done. Yeah, but and you and
0: you have to have that It's belief. always within reach. And you have to have that belief, because if you don't have that belief in you, you know, who's going to end up believing in you if you don't believe in yourself?
1: I, I completely agree. Uh, I heard a great one recently that it was like, um, so, like for example, talking about your hair or something like, man, man, my hair looks stupid today or something like, you, you wouldn't say that to your, your friend, would you like, probably not. Right. You, so why would you say it to yourself? And it's those little self-defeating things that really get to you every day and they pile up and you just think that it's okay, but you know, it gets the people. Sorry, that I got deep.
0: Oh, we get, uh, in this podcast, we get deep at most random points at all these random times. And it actually okay, is good. I, I like good. it because it creates a lot of different substance. And even like myself as well, people ask me all the time, like, why am I always wearing hats? It's like, well, I, when it comes to just me and my hair, yeah, I'm fine with it. I like the way I look more in hats. So I'm just going to keep rolling with it because I, I just bring positivity off it. Plus usually when I go to a show, I usually wear the same hat to every single show. So people actually have an easier time recognizing me. It's like, Hey, I remember you from. Yeah. Like, were you there at this show? Because even I had a guy yesterday. He's like, "Wait, did I see you at like an Ice Nine Kill show back in September?" I'm just like, "Yeah, you did. Of course you did. Who, who else would it be?" And all of a sudden, I'm get, like, I get to know more people. I get to have so much more fun just based off of some aspect that I take positivity from, and that's the half that I wear. It's it, it's a cool it's a cool thing. Yeah, but for you know, sure. Being able to connect that positivity and not have that self defeating thing behind it. It also gains confidence within yourself in other aspects of life, whether it's, you know, if you're talking with someone from, you know, that you're attracted to from the opposite, the gender, sex, whatever it might be. And it gives you confidence to go up to that person to have that conversation. It gives you converse, uh, confidence when it comes to work, when it comes to, you know, potentially trying to get a raise, trying to get a promotion. It comes to confidence when you're at home, you know, potentially leading your family in something, you know, creating stronger relationships. Or just confidence and do something that you always ever wanted to do. Like, you know, let's let's go start a business, start a podcast, start a band. It gives you that confidence and it such, starts out at the bottom level. But if you start at the bottom level, you're going to build this base of confidence and you're slowly going to build up on it to the point where, you know, you're going to go out as a band, play a show. And you're going to keep believing in yourself and you're going to have the confidence to do that. And it will come out in your music. It will come out in your live performance. And as a listener, we'll be able to tell when that passion, that confidence is there. And when it's there, ooh, is it
1: good? Yeah, man. It really is because uh, you get you, when you start writing music and you're confident and you're happy in it, um, it just, I don't know, for, for me, it makes me laugh. I'm like, oh, oh, I found something. Oh, it's very exciting. Like, I like to stumble across some, some uh, piece of music. Like, for me, it comes to me in the wind, you know, like music just, it gets delivered like airdropped to me by God or something. I don't know what people believe in or where it comes from, but that's what I always say. Like, I always feel like it just it, it just comes to me. Like, I'm not sitting there writing with my guitar. Like, I, I let the world come to me. I experience the world. I listen to a lot of music. And then, you know, I just let it, I just let it happen. And it usually springs up in the middle of nowhere. That's the way it's always been my whole life. And I immediately go to record it in my phone and hope I don't forget it. Um. I mean, you have to do something like that
0: just because when inspiration strikes, you got to work with it. And it's like, you know, any kind of comedian can all say the same thing where they get inspiration about a bit. And, you know, they're not, if all of a sudden it's like right before bed or it's at the most random time, you've got to write it down, you've got to record it on your phone, you've got to just do something there because you might go home, you know, maybe an hour or two hours later and you're going to try and work on this and you could have completely forgotten about where the inspiration came from, you could have completely forgotten about what that was and now you're lost. As a musician, you know, say you come up with this fantastic riff that absolutely in your mind encapsulates the meaning of a song you're trying to go for or just a feeling that you're having right now and you want to put that into a song. But all of a sudden you go home an hour later and you didn't, you know, write it down or you didn't record it like a sound that you like want to kind of, you know, connect it with. How are you going to remember it?
1: Even just the you could even have all the notes written down. Right. But if you didn't know how you played it or how you said it, like the the way everything flowed, it might as well just be like uh, words on a paper. Like it, it doesn't make any sense. You're totally right. It has to be captured in the moment. There's something very specific about capturing it in the moment, because even you might hear something in the background or your friend might say something and it kind of like enhances it. And we have like funny little things that end up in our songs, like secret little burps and farts, you could say, Um, you know, it's just it ends up being funny little stuff you keep in there.
0: It, it honestly just adds a little bit more to the experience as well at times because you there's sometimes you listen to music and they put some of these like random little tidbits in there, like even at the end of uh, Right Back At It Again on the recorded version from A Day to Remember, like they've got some weird like little like talking piece where all of a sudden I don't know what the hell they're talking about leaving some certain part in. And it just, like, it kind of adds the whole experience to the song. Even when my friends were trying to make music back in high school, all of a sudden there was one song they were working on, and my friend literally in the middle, like, towards the end of the song, just cuts in all of a sudden he's like, wait, is it over yet? And then they just go on to the final chorus, and that's it. It was just having that
1: little that's part awesome. in
0: there is hysterical.
1: Yeah. Oh, man, or, like, uh, the used on one of their tracks, like, they let the song, at the, at the end, they let it play out for, like, a minute and then they just put like this last part that starts like quesadilla quesadilla they just say quesadilla over with a drum beat like (laughs) but (laughs) what do you think about that just like leaving a a minute of like air at the end of a song does that make you mad when you're a listener because you're like why hasn't the next song played yet
0: I mean, it honestly depends on the song. It's like if you're hearing it for the first time and you're kind of like, wait, what's going on here? But all of a sudden, if it's something you're listening to and you can really just kind of get this certain feeling of it, then it just becomes part of the song, comes part of the listening experience. And when it's not in there, the song doesn't feel complete. And I'll use a day to remember as an example. Right back at again. When I see that song perform live, like I still enjoy it to the fullest extent but I do feel like something has just left off when all of a sudden they end with the bitch and then that ending that little like spoken word is just not there. It's like the banter is not there. I'm like, where is it? It's so much fun.
1: Yeah. You might as well just play it. Um, like in the speakers, right? Just have the banter playing just for the crowd to like, just for them. You know, it's, I, I learned that a lot that going to live shows, um, for example, Midnight Vampire is uh, is an old song for perspective. Uh, we've had it for a long time. So when you go to a show, you as a, the musician have to drop that crap of, man, I've been playing this song for 10 years. I hate this song. It's not about you anymore. Once you've released the song, it's for someone else. You know, You, in my opinion, I've passed the torch on after I've recorded it and sent it off. I've gotten a lot out of it. And I will continue to get more out of it. But that's someone else's interpretation. That's someone else's experience with it. And I don't want to be the person to be like, no, I'm not going to play that show tonight. I'm I'm sorry. I'm not going to play that song tonight because we've been playing it so many times. But there are people that go to that show and they drove across Milwaukee (laughs) and you didn't play that fucking song. (laughs) Like, you know, uh, it's just infuriating. Like, what do you think about the stuff like that? If for me, I get a like.
0: I, I think you're absolutely spot on at that point too, because when I go to shows, it's you know I know bands are gonna want to play their new material. I know they're gonna want to play a lot of stuff that they haven't played because it's fresh for them. It's fresh for us as well, and they're gonna want to get the most out of that. But when it comes to certain songs, it's like you know, can you please make sure you play these because <laughs> I want to hear yeah. some of these. And I'll, I'll give I'll give you two prime examples. One is every time I go and see Rise Against, because that's my favorite band. I always will, know I'm like, they have to play Savior. It's their most popular song. It's my favorite song of all time. And it's the one that gets the crowd going. I know they've played it, you know, over a thousand times live already. But every time I know they're gonna play it at some point, I don't care if it's at the end of the set, I don't care if it's before, like at the end of, like, you know, the first part before the encore, I don't care if it's just sprinkled in the middle. As long as that's played, like, I'm happy. Even if they don't play it, I'm still gonna go see it. But it always just brings forward this certain joy. I'll use the show I went to go see with Bad Omens as an example. They played a lot off of the depth of peace of mind, which I totally understand. I'm totally down for. But they pretty much stuck to that whole entire record until like the last song when they played Dethrone, and the pitch just went off and it was it was awesome. But for me, I really wanted I really want like wanted to see them play because when I saw them play the first time, the venue that I was at they wouldn't let us mosh or anything. Of course, that didn't stop us from trying. And when they played "Glass Houses," like all of a sudden you know they stabbed me in the back, but then, but not
1: deep enough.
0: Right when that hit, all of a sudden I started going. We had like a fifteen second massive pick going before security kind of wrapped us up. But right before security wrapped me up to like get me to stop moshing, I took a knee to the head, got a concussion, and I'm like, "Shit, I got a concussion!" And now the security guards standing behind me make sure I don't mosh, so I have to stand here for the rest of the show with a concussion. I wanted to hear that song again because I'm like, I kind of wanted my, I, I wanted my revenge again. Like I wanted to go for this song the way I should have gone for it the first time, but I didn't get that. And I was like,
1: oh, yeah." Damn.
0: So, it, but I, and I understand where they're coming from too, where you want to play, you know, your newer stuff, you want to play a lot of stuff, but there's also points of time where it's like, you know, you're also, you're playing a show for the fans as well where you want to find the perfect balance between the new stuff that you guys are playing that you want to put out there along with some of the older stuff that people are coming to make sure they see you for. They're going to, you want to get that perfect balance so that people get to listen to the new stuff. People get experience for the new stuff, get People get experience for your live performance with that but also get the stuff that they really 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 like.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree, man. It's the hard thing is like you have to find the balance of how many songs you play and and what is it at the root? Is it that the band is like insecure about the new music? Um, why not just play like two new songs and like play the rest of the old ones? Like there are a lot of different ways to go about it without, you know, doing what they did to you <laughs> or doing what they do to, you know, people who go to see my chemical romance and then they don't end up playing like I'm not okay. Or Helena, it's like, you're, you're trying to hurt people, you know, inside (laughs) emotionally. It's hard, man. You got to find that balance. Um, We, I know we have discussions about specifically curating live performances. And I know a lot of other bands do that too. Um, But we talk about it from an emotional standpoint, like where does the show take you like this uh, with your emotions? That's where we come from. We're not talking about, and, and actually what Trump's that one is our singer, <laughs> whatever order is best for him, really. Cause if, you know, if he comes in and he's not feeling certain way, like we're not going to put the hardest song first, no matter mm-hmm. who wants to hear it. Or if it's the, if it's been the best song that we played first every time and our singer just can't do it that day or, for, you know, whatever, for whatever reason we can't forget it, who cares? But you know, I think there needs to be that open kind of dialogue between the audience, the fans and the musicians. Um, And I guess social media is a potential cure for that if you take if you do it well.
0: Social media can be a cure for that. But the other problem that comes with there is it is social media. So there's a lot of people are going to come in and just say, you know, the most random shit to try and, you know, just be the troll, you know, just do whatever the hell they feel like. And when it comes to, you know, bands are going to make those decisions, and I totally understand, like, even with Bad Omen, it's like, yeah, I didn't get exactly what I wanted fully, but, you know, we got to Throne, and I, well, the pit was massive for it, which I absolutely love, so they ended on, you know, quite a great note, and the Throwdown was absolutely fantastic, and then afterwards, like, Under Oath went on, and Under, like, that was, that, like, their set was the perfect example of, driving emotion for not only them, but for the crowd as well, because they open it up with a faster pace song and they kept going with, you know, they went from faster pace. Also now they're bringing in like some harder sounds as well to keep that emotion up. And all of a sudden halfway through, now they dip down and they bring in a slower track and all of a sudden now you're kind of getting that emotional reset a little bit. Now you're getting built back up to the point where they're playing, you know, their hits from way, way, way back in the day. And everyone's going nuts once again. You're getting that. You're, you're getting that high energy yes. to continue to go. And all of a sudden, when you want to break that energy, just to give you know people a little bit more of that emotional break and just kind of change things up, you dip down for a little bit. Then you come. Then you kind of slowly come back up and you hit it just as mm-hmm. hard. Of course, like you said, you know the singer is going to also take a good part as well because if he can't hit some of those notes just on that day, you're not going to want to you know force him to do something like that. But right. it also kind of helps you understand how to make the show the best as possible for not only you guys emotionally, but for the fans emotionally as well. So we can go on this ride. We can go on this journey with you for the next, however long it is, whether it's 20 minutes or even an hour and a half, whatever it is, if you guys understand how to curate that, you know, the, the, uh, the track list for the night or the set list. Yeah. Why did I forget about that set list? If you're able to do some, if you're able to do that, you're going to get something where we're, you know, as fans, we're going to just be so much more invested into that show. If we're able to completely follow along with the emotion that you're bringing through and the way that the set list is curated to enhance the emotion and enhance the experience of the live show.
1: For sure. A hundred percent. And I have to say, uh, you mentioned under oath a couple times under oath was, was, and is huge for me. Uh, under oath was another one of those that when I was coming up, my a romance under oath, um, like the dead Wars Prada, um, the used like all these bands that really focused on on the words and the meaning and the emotion and how it made you feel. Those are the bands that I was drawn to. Um, I, I loved Underoath. God, man, I I actually watched Survive Kaleidoscope in its entirety again not too long ago. Their live DVD of uh, of their third album. They were incredible for doing what you're talking about playing a couple new songs, then going to an album back. And then going forward and then going two albums back, like Underworld was always incredible at that because they had so much good material across all their albums. Maybe it's that bands feel insecure that they're not writing good enough music or something, or they feel that certain way in, in, in themselves. And they're, um, uh, what's the word? I'm not lashing out, but they're kind of like putting it out there in a mm-hmm. way. You think like, what do you think? So I think that sometimes, you know,
0: as bands go and progress through their, like just through their careers and just through their lives. Eventually, what's going to happen is is they're not going to associate as much with the older music that they than they are now, and a lot of the reason is just because you know, thing like life ch- happens, things change in life. You get older, you get different perspectives on certain things, and you just don't associate with that sound as much, or you think that your writing style and that your song quality is a lot better than you know some of the older stuff that you did. So you want to focus on the stuff that you think is the best. When in turn, yeah, some of the stuff that you're working on right now is abs- could be absolutely fantastic. But you don't want to discount how fantastic some of the other stuff was when you wrote it, when you didn't think it was, you know, now you're looking back at it, that, you know, maybe we didn't write the best here. Maybe we could have done this different. But if it hits the fans and it hits everyone in such a positive way, why not do it? A great example of that I'm going to bring up is Asking Alexandria. You take a look at anything they've done in the past three re- releases that they've done. And it's definitely a lot different than what got them massive with stuff like Stand Up and Scream. The biggest reason they've talked about that was because they've gone through different things in life. Life has changed from the past 10 to 15 years. They're older. They're parents. They have children. You know, they're, they're spouses. They have these different fields of life. So they just don't associate as much with that older style that they used to have. And for me, I totally understand that. I'm totally down for it. I, I, I get it. And I want them to make the music that they want to make instead of making the music that we want to make. But when it comes to a live setting, I don't want them to forget about some of the songs that absolutely hit everyone. And using Ask Alexandria again as an example, when I saw them in October, they only played stuff from their previous three albums. I, and Everyone I knew there wanted to get into the pit because all of a sudden everyone wanted to go crazy just going to Oh! My! God! <laughs> like, we all wanted to go crazy to that, but that didn't happen. Then, of uh, I'll use A Day to Remember as another example as well, because with your Welcome, it does have that same feel to it as well. But when A Day to Remember jumped on, all of a sudden, they were bouncing back to, for those who have heart, they were going with a lot of homesick stuff, a lot of what separates me from you, a good number of songs on Common Courtesy. Like, they were really going back farther to really bring forward this show that people are going to want to see. And when I look between the two, I'm like, I'm definitely down for it. Go See A Day to Remember a lot more than i would be for asking alexandria but that's just my opinion that's just how i felt with it and i think a lot of it might be just because they associate a lot more with the new music and they might think that their newer stuff is a lot better song quality songwriting, all that stuff than their older stuff so they want to present
1: that yeah that is a really good point too um i feel like it starts way back when your band originates you have to kind of decide for yourselves right what genre are we going to be what are we going to be what who are we and if you pigeonhole yourself in that moment you are fucked Um, because the people's expectations of you are what you give them you know so nobody's knocking on your bedroom door asking you like what what the next song is going to be you know it's you putting it out there. So, but people, you're right, man. It's a whole lifetime goal. Like your life experiences, your work, your, you know, kids, everything comes into your music. Um, yeah, I feel like people need to be a little more careful with pigeonholing themselves. Like for us, at least I never wanted to call us any genre. I hated answering that question. What genre are you? The most honorable thing that we ever got was someone calling us genre bending. That is incredible. I feel I feel it's it's an honor and it's humbling because that's exactly what we want to do. We don't want people to think of it as anything other than rock music. You know, it is rock music because it and it's based with um, what we call it's like guitar driven, right? It has guitars mm-hmm. as the main focus, as the main driving thing, as opposed to like Queen, where it was like mostly piano driven, for example. Um, so you have different ways of writing songs and different ways of putting things together, and yeah, uh, what do you think? So
0: this is where I'll go with this. And when it comes to the bands that you know are the absolute biggest bands in the world, they're there for a reason. And a lot of it is is either they are genre blending, and you can't really put them in a certain position, or the reason that there is that certain like that that there is that certain genre is because of them. Oh, uh, here's a couple examples metallica yeah metallica is thrash metal but what bands basically you know got thrash metal you know going and got thrash metal to the prominence that it, or that it was metallica megadeth slayer right. anthrax uh more, more modern and the two i'm going to bring up are uh falling in reverse it's with all the different things that ronnie radke is able to put together i'm just like I can't really put them in a genre because I listen to, you know, stuff off the drug in me is you. It's a lot. It's different than the stuff that's off of Fashionably Late, but you listen to it and you can easily still tell it's Falling in Reverse. And then like even the stuff they come out with now, you know, Zombify, Popular Monster, the trilogy they did with Losing My Mind, Losing My Life and Drugs. It's different than a lot of that other stuff, but you can still tell it's Falling in Reverse because it has their sound at the core. But the probably the biggest one, the biggest one that I can bring up right now is Bring Me the Horizon. You listen to them and you listen to a Bring Me the Horizon song. You know it's a Bring Me the Horizon song. Whether it's something off of Amo, whether it's something that's softer, whether it's, you know, what they did, the collaboration they did with Baby Metal for Kingslayer off of Post Human the collaboration they did with Ed Sheeran, or going to That's the Spirit, go to freaking Semper listen to Shadow Moses, go back to Suicide Seasons, listen to Chelsea yeah. Smile. You God, know, it still yeah. Bring Me the Horizon, but that, they cover so many different things because they're just doing things what the way they want to do it. So I've always kind of looked at that towards musician as well as where, do the th- make the music that you want to make don't pigeonhole yourself because it limits to the possibility of where you can go and even though at times you know at the beginning it might sound like a good idea just because it gives people something to latch on to but then that's what they're gonna latch on to, what they're gonna expect and that's what they're gonna want you to stay if you don't yes. create that expectation then you don't have that problem where you're stuck in one thing and if you branch out, all of a sudden you get this mass amount of backlash. Even when you do branch out, even if you haven't set the expectation, you're going to get that backlash. But it's going to be more expected for you to branch out instead of going, you know, all oh, right, we're, we're so stuck in this. Now we're going to, you know, take a step out to this side and just try and put some, like, post-hardcore stuff in there. And everyone's like,
1: oh, my God, why are you doing that? Ah! Yeah yeah exactly man it's we we're just we don't want to hear any of that because we saw that with our friends bands here local and not local you know on the big stages bands that slight either change a singer or change just the way the singer sings like bring me the horizon um people go nuts people go absolutely crazy but what you have to do is continue to keep people on their toes and if you're always doing that like you said they their expectation is the unexpected you know that's what they have to expect
0: absolutely again I and if ever, any band is looking or any artist is looking for inspiration that bringing the horizon is the perfect example because when they came out the collaboration with ed sheer and i looked at it i thought well i wasn't expecting this but i also was expecting this <laughs> so like i'm not i wasn't expecting it but i'm not surprised then all of a sudden ali sykes and mgk are doing something together i'm like this I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, you know, surprised it's happening, but I'm like, this was unexpected. If you get something like that, where people are not surprised that you're, you know, creating all these different things, but it's like, well, I wasn't right. expecting that. And then, you know, it's to a point where you're not pigeonholed into something and you're able to creatively go out and experience whatever you want to experience. But the core, the key is like, when it comes to Bring Me the Horizon, that there is a certain bit that is their core sound that is. Yeah absolutely at the center of their music. And when you listen to the older stuff, a lot of it is going to derive off the guitar work and from Ollie Sykes' vocals as well. But once you get into Semperternal and you go further on, it's all of a sudden, it's still Ollie Sykes that you're going to have that chord, but also Jordan Fish and all the programming that goes into all the music now as well. Incredible. That just becomes much more of a prevalent piece as well to add to their sound. So when it comes to you guys with Of The Wasteland, Yeah, you guys understand this as well. I mean, we're talking right now, Jonathan. You guys understand this. So you know what to do when it comes to creating something that's not going to be specific to one genre that is going to pigeonhole you. Like you said, you've got called genre blending before. Keep riding that wave and understand that you guys know what you have at the core of your sound to really continue to drive that forward.
1: Yeah, for sure. Thanks. I definitely will. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so... um yeah, man, that, you said it. You kind of wrap that up nicely, right there. <laughs> <laughs> just keep like pumping it up, yeah. <laughs> so before, yeah, man, we just uh, yeah, go ahead,
0: say, please. Oh, just uh, finish up your thought because I know we're kind of running low on time right now. I don't want to no, make please. you play for work right now. I was just,
1: I was just trying to fill the space. Please go ahead. Oh,
0: gotcha. So before we close this out, one more thing I want to ask is because now we know we're still in March of 2022. What can we expect in the rest of 2022 from Of The Wasteland? What can we expect from you guys? Because, I mean, I'm excited right now, especially after this conversation, getting to know more about the kind of your philosophies and really understanding how this band is going to work, especially within all four of you. What can we expect from the you guys in 2022?
1: Come on. I, I'm excited now. Okay, man. All right. So we have, um, we have, I feel like I can say we have more videos coming out. So, Yeah what those what what it's going to be it's i have to be a little hush hush but man it's going to be incredible we have one coming out um you know relatively soon keep your eyes peeled we like to um drop things uh out of nowhere really just to kind of because you know everybody wakes up and they don't know what their monday is going to be like so if your Monday's filled with a little of the Wasteland surprise, that, that might be nice. Um, but yeah, man, we have some incredible music coming out. I, I, man, the second song I think that's coming out is you're going to, you're going to love it. Um, it probably leans maybe a little closer to Guns N' Roses than it does to My Chemical Romance. So if you're looking at like how that blend works out, it's um, way more guitar focused and like, uh, vibey. Uh, it's I'm, I'm excited, but I've been trained to, in professional speak to not say anything, you know, <laughs> Yeah, but just trust me and know that we're always here. We're always, um, crushing it. We're always on our discord. Um, it's popping now. We're always on our Instagram, con- uh, connecting with our communities. That is huge for us is what you should expect from us is seeing more of us all the time in 2022
0: well shit i mean <laughs> when it comes to the professional speak of you know being able to talk about this stuff without giving really anything away the best way to put <laughs> it is this way when it comes to that part of like you know i wasn't expecting this but i'm not surprised i mean basically it's kind of what you're coming up with like the stuff that you're going to be coming out with it's like it's not what you expect but you're not gonna be surprised because it's coming from the way, what it's you're gonna us. be surprised i'll say what you're gonna be surprised though is when it drops because it might just come
1: out of nowhere yeah and and it's us so if you liked midnight vampire i think you're gonna have the trust in us to like the next ones because um, they're gonna they're similar but not so that's the exciting thing about every next song that you're gonna hear from us is that it's gonna be a little bit different from the next
0: gotcha i mean you got me excited man so especially for midnight vampire i think you know I don't think that we're going to have a problem when all of a sudden you guys drop this stuff for me to go, okay, let's listen to this now. So absolutely. Well, Jonathan, as we close out this podcast, there's oh, I always like to end with three very specific things. So we're going to run through them right now. And sure. number one is you said you guys, you know, you got to do stuff coming out in 2022, but you might just drop it out of nowhere and you've got to be all over the place throughout the rest of the year and throughout, you know, the rest of the band's career as well. So Everyone that's listening, you're going to want to become a part of this with the band. You're going to want to like them on social media. You're going to follow all those pages so that you know that when stuff drops, like it's going to drop. You're going to want to have that, you know, alert to happen. You're going to want to subscribe to my YouTube. You're going to want to listen to your stuff, you know, on any streaming platform. And you're going to want to become a part of that Discord as well. But instead of actually, like, having to search this up yourself, <laughs> I got you covered. Look the scripture of the podcast. It's going to say, find Of The Wasteland Online. Links, labels for literally everything you wow. find. It's going to be there for you. So all you have to do is go and click on them, and it'll take you right there. You'll be good to go. No problem.
1: Wow. That is incredible professionalism, Kevin. <laughs> well,
0: now wait for number two, because number two makes it even better.
1: Oh, wow. I'm so, waiting.
0: Jonathan, whenever I've guests in the podcast that I've absolutely enjoyed having in the podcast, in this conversation, my God, this conversation was absolutely <laughs> fantastic. There's a certain promise I like to make. And this promise has happened to, let's just say, every band that I've had in the podcast so far because I've loved doing this every step of the way. And my God, you have just kept this trend going. So my promise to you, sir, is this. It does not start out with if. If implies possibility of not happening. Starts out with when, because when implies that it will happen, but time and date are still to be determined. So when I get to see Of The Wasteland perform for the first time, and it could be anywhere, doesn't matter where, but when I get to do it, my promise to you, sir, is this. First round's on me.
1: (laughs) that's my man, dude. That's my dude. Well, we got the rest of the night, I guess.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, instead of first, I might have to bring like a whole case instead. Be like, Hey guys, I, I was going to do the first round, but I kind of went overboard. So here's 24. We partial
1: to, uh, we're partial to we're partial gentleman, Jack, just, just for your awareness. <laughs> Fair enough. I might just bring a Be like does, guys. Does this work?
0: Got <laughs> a one seven, five of this. <laughs> you watch their faces light up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I've got my ideas, I got my plans. So when I get to see you perform live for the first time, we will make sure that happens. And Jonathan, as we bring this podcast to close, do I wanna say goodbye? Hell no. I'm I made a promise to you. I wanna keep that promise. And I would love to continue to, you know bring it back in the podcast at some point in the future, maybe at the end of the year, maybe beginning of 2023, really see how you guys have gone with other ways and see where the growth has gone and just continue to have, you know, these crazy conversations where all of a sudden we start talking about the music and then all of a sudden we see your philosophies and then we just get going this whole entire thing with music that's got me going, oh my God. So is this goodbye, sir? Hell no, this is not goodbye. I'm gonna end it with this. See you later. See you later. Well, well, folks, this is room with Jonathan from the band of the Wasteland out of Miami, Florida. Uh, dude, I want to thank Jonathan for being on this podcast right from the get-go writing this outro because this was absolutely incredible. Being able to bounce different ideas off of him and hear his ideas on different things when it comes to songwriting, when it comes to that inspiration, when it comes to not pigeonholing yourself as a band, when it comes to putting yourself in a genre, and just really doing what you want, like focusing in on your craft, finding that passion for it, and going forward with it. My God. This was, this was a great conversation. I, I'm just kind of beaming, 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 whatever it is, beaming light from it. And when it comes to finding up the wasteland online, because they might drop stuff out of nowhere. Some great music out of nowhere. You're not going to know when it's going to come. But so follow them on, you know, all social media, like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. They got a Discord you're going to want to be a part of. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, you know, listen to their stuff on Spotify, Apple Music, all those places. Yeah, give it a shot, why not? And instead of trying to search it up yourself, I got you covered. So look in the description of the podcast for all those links, labels there. It'll be under Find of the Wasteland online. Please go do that. Well, also, please, 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 if you haven't subscribed to the Core Progression Podcast, you can watch those podcast videos here on YouTube with the artists as well, or you can listen audio versions on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Amazon. And if you're already subscribed, thank you. You can also find us on social media as well: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the Ticket Hockey. And the links are description of the podcast as well. I mean, anytime you want to talk to us, just message us on those platforms, any of them. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you guys though, because I run all of them. It's just me. Instagram is the best way to connect with us. So I'm on that platform more often than not. Uh, thank you, Custom Views. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness as well. Uh, links in the podcast description for their websites along with the promo codes as well. I also want to thank Adam. Uh, I also want to thank Adam Splitter PR for helping like connect with so many of these great bands because they've connected with some so many great bands, you know, in the past and we're still working consistently with them to connect us with great bands and bring you some of the best bands that are upcoming, best bands that are there right now and just great, great, great music all the way through and through. So I want to thank them as well. So on that note, that's going to be for me, you guys. He rushes to the Chord Progression podcast. My name is Kevin and you guys know how I end every single episode with the big healthy and hearty. See you